You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Toks Aroture. This is episode 42. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe it is impossible to imagine what you cannot have. Episode 42 is entrepreneurship, big vision, low budget. (laughs) Hey, 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 what's happening? I'm so excited that you have joined me today. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If it's your 13th time or your 42nd time, thank you for coming back. The Living Inside Our podcast is a place where we unearth limiting beliefs so that you can excel as you tap into your natural gifts. Because you've been blessed with such unique and powerful giftings, but wrong mindsets tend to swaddle some of what we have that we hold so dear and we're unable to access it. And so through this podcast, my goal is to use my life's experiences and the experiences of people that I've had the privilege of meeting to strip away the lies that we have believed that have formed into mindsets, strip away all of the coverings and layers of stuff and emotions and experiences and disappointments and pain that have managed to swaddle our gifts over the years. That's the goal of the Living Inside Out podcast. And I am so grateful that you have chosen to join in and carry on this journey with me. So it's not lost on me that I have some new listeners. Welcome. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm an entrepreneur, a storyteller, a mindset strategist, mother of four boys, wife to my dear husband, and I'm also a nursery interior designer and the founder of The Baby Cut Shop, which is a baby furniture company based in Chelsea, London. My passion when I'm not designing stunning bedrooms for little ones is seeing people live the life that God created them to live. Because I know, and you know what it's like when you're doing something you hate and you'd rather be doing something else. I believe that we can all live the way we were designed to if all the stuff that's holding us back is removed. And that's why I record this podcast. That's why I write the blog on tuxarotary.com. That's why I share random thoughts on social media. And I speak on mindset and my passion for entrepreneurship and mindset just flows right through everything I do. And that's what we're talking about today. But first, let me bring you up to speed. I missed a week and a day of recording this episode because I wasn't physically able to. No, I wasn't unwell. But if you go into the major shopping malls in London, at least some of them, and even more wow factorish, drive on some of the major roads, you will see my face on a billboard advertising Sage, the accounting software. I wish I could tell you that this is not a big deal and this sort of thing happens to me all the time, (laughs) but I can't. 
I have been stunned into silence. Even Audrey's book is called Bamboozled by Jesus. Mine will have to be stunned into silence by God. I can't even begin to tell you the sense of awe that I feel and the excitement and joy and expectation for an even brighter future that I'm currently experiencing and also just the level of support and love that my friends and family, both old, new, forgotten, have showered on me over the last uh, week and a half or so. It's been mind-blowing. It's really caused me to recognize that at the end of it all, what matters are the people in your life. And I feel so blessed to have the people that I do in my life. It's also such an eye-opening experience when you go through two extremes. When you go through a season of loss or you you're at the lowest point in your life or a low point in your life, uh, such as when I lost everything, you find out who your true friends are. Often people that you did not expect to rise up and hold you up in that season tend to be the ones that do. And the other extreme is when you're going through a season of flourishing, the people who are truly happy for you and support you and just sharing that joy are also keepers. They're the ones you definitely want to keep in your space because your success means a lot to them and they're not competitive and they're not, you know, negative about it or looking for ways to pull you down so they can feel better. But that's a life lesson that every generation will tell you their version of it. Every grandma or mother will have some level or type of experience that's similar where they discovered the people who truly cared for them. And I think it's a great experience to have, even though it's not pleasant. It is necessary. And so I have been having a lot of conversations with people asking me about this ad, how it came about and so on. And I've got one answer. <laughs> well, first of all, I know that all power on heaven and earth belong to God and he turns the hearts of decision makers like a water course, whichever way he chooses. That's number one. But secondly, I have three words, rock star story. When I tell you to enroll for the next rock star story workshop, it's because I know the power of having a compelling story because mine played a major role in getting me this collaboration with Sage. They asked me about my business. I told them my rockstar story. They were impressed. And here I am now. <laughs> Anyone will be impressed with a rockstar story, not because it shines brighter than others, but because it's a relatable story that talks about disappointments and regrets, as well as successes and hopefulness in a way that it really connects with the hearer. And that's what I teach in the Rockstar Story Workshop, how to weave your story in a way that will cause anyone to want to work with you or be associated with you in some manner. I've told you, <laughs> 31st of July, 6 p.m., 
The link to register is in the show notes. It's on Eventbrite. And you can also visit my website, which is tuxarotary.com to learn more. On to today's topic. What do you do when you have a sizable vision, but your resources do not stretch far enough for you to manifest it? Some years ago, I delivered a talk to a room of business owners about running a business on a budget. I did not expect a large turnout, even though the event was to be attended by over 70,000 visitors. The reason I didn't expect a large turnout was because I believed there was only one person in that room struggling to build their business, and that was me, and everybody else wasn't. They were all cool. They were all fine. You see, when you're crawling through the trenches, you know, that space that appears so arid and barren and dry, the mind magnifies every little mishap so that it appears too big for you to handle. It's just your brain's way of protecting you from getting into a difficult situation. And yes, being an entrepreneur comes with its own set of difficulties, but it doesn't mean we should run from them. In fact, I think it was John Maxwell who coined the phrase, fail forward, because our instinct is to turn and run in the opposite direction. Think about it. The last time you failed, what was your initial thought? There are people we see as financially privileged when they start a business or when they're running a business or they're growing a a young business. We see them as being in an advantageous position. I used to know someone who repeatedly said, if only I had the funds, if only I had an investor, my business would have catapulted by now. And she was probably right, but only to an extent, because I believe one of the most dangerous phrases and mindsets that you can have as a business owner is looking back and looking forward and dealing with everything else except where you're presently at. And so you fantasize about alternative situations that you think is the solution to the current uh, challenge that you're going through. Episodes 9 and 10 talk about lies we believe or lies we tell ourselves and if only is one of them. So head there when you're done with this and go have a look at it because there are a number of reverse affirmations that we say that are logical and uh, but by, by repeating it to ourselves, we are feeding our minds negative seeds or seeds that are going to, to sprout weeds and take up the space in our mind. The fact that you subscribe to Living Inside Out means that you know that external changes can only happen when the changes begin on the inside. So if you have a grand vision for your business, which is in direct conflict or contrast to the size of your bank balance, the only way you can manifest it is if you work on your inside first. What many people tend to do is downsize their dreams to align with their visible resource. So when I stood in that hall, overflowing with business owners that I was certain could not have had my experiences, I was in effect telling myself a lie, that I was the only one going through what I was going through. 
And this disinformation created a feeling of isolation. You know, it kept me in my own world. And in that world was lack, insufficiency, not enoughness, struggling, <laughs> striving. So let's dive into the practicality of growing a business on a budget. The first thing is, what have you got? There's a well-known story in the Bible about a man named Moses, and God called him to rescue the children of Israel from Egypt. They had been enslaved by the Egyptians, but Moses had a speech impediment and a lack of confidence. And the thought of standing before Pharaoh with the famous words, let my people go, was daunting. The thought of leading over half a million people out of enemy territory, on his own, without an army, and without being articulate, just sounded like a fantasy. But God was serious, and he asked him, what's that you've got in your hand? And he was holding a rod. I think it was a shepherd, not 100% sure, but he was holding a rod. And he, had, he later went on to use that same rod to perform multiple miracles, including splitting the Red Sea in two so the Israelites could pass through them. And so the first thing we want to do is take stock of what we have. That's important because we typically disregard much of our successes, much of our skills. And that's the basis on which the Rockstar story is built on, identifying your successes and your wins and your achievements, we have to dig and recognize them. The reason we need to make that effort is because we tend to dismiss them as, oh, I just did what I had to do. Somehow we, we don't ascribe honor to things that don't cause us pain or struggling or suffering. And we also downplay anything that doesn't draw a gasp of admiration from someone else. And so there's, the workshop helps to pull out those successes that we've missed out on. But even just in the, in the mindset that we're building, which is recognizing what you have, you've got to really dig deep and find out what exactly you have. What have you done? What skills do you have? When I returned to the United Kingdom empty-handed, having lost everything, Episodes one and two of this podcast, I identified my ability to learn as a form of capital as I didn't have any money. So I went on Google and learned how to build a website at a time when doing so was rocket science. Recently, I gave a talk to a room full of women and was asked the question, what was it that kept you going? What gave you the audacity to press on in the face of complete loss? And my answer? My back was up against the wall. I had no options. I had no way out, no promise of a better tomorrow. The last thing you want to happen when your time on earth comes to an end is to say, I could have tried harder. I could have pushed myself just a little bit more. I don't know about you, but something that motivates me is the fear of regrets. If you need help, which you most likely will. <laughs> there are budget-friendly options of team building uh, using service marketplaces like Fiverr and FiveSquid, where you can find web designers, graphic artists, logo makers, copywriters, 
everything's on there on these platforms. Everything you need can be found. There's somebody somewhere who is skilled at the thing that you find impossible to do. Just make sure that you either go with recommendations or find somebody who has lots of positive reviews. And this leads me to my second practical point, which is hiring staff. Because the time will come when you need more regular help in your business. A VA or virtual assistant is always a good place to start. And you can also hire staff part time to start with and then later build up their hours until it's full time. One of the pitfalls about starting your business on a budget is that having done everything yourself for a while, you begin to feel pretty invincible and you think you can carry on by yourself. But we all have our natural abilities and we all have our weaknesses. So be aware of your mind convincing you to do what you cannot physically do, or perhaps you can do it, but you will not do it to the best of your ability or the best way that it can be done. So while it might sound a bit of a stretch, but one of the best ways to grow your business on a budget is to hire good staff. Understand, however, that if your mindset hasn't made room for someone else, you won't be able to do it. My third tip is to choose excellent branding. One of my pet peeves in business is poor branding, especially because in this gig economy we're living, there really is no excuse for it. You can purchase amazing templates from Etsy or Canva that will make your business look way more attractive, even though in your mind, it's not quite there yet. And by saying it's not quite there yet, I'm saying it hasn't grown to a place where you feel that the appearance represents it accurately. Understand color psychology does play a role in influencing customer decisions. So, for example, a financial company or a legal or consulting firm would typically use blue, like a pale blue, because blue uh, emotes a sense of trust, which is needed. If you're going to hand over such aspects of your life or your business to someone in that field, you need to be able to trust them, which is why they use those colors. You'll find that a lot of law firms tend to be blue. Business consulting firms tend to be blue. There's a reason why different businesses have different colors, which means that your favorite color may not necessarily work for you as your business brand color. My third, rather my fourth tip is mentoring. I talked about this in the previous episode, episode 40, so I wouldn't go too much into it. Is it 40 or 41? 41. Episode 41, we talked about mentoring and a mentor simply shrinks time and saves money. There's a temptation, especially if you're led by your emotions as so many of us are, that you'd want to validate your entrepreneurshipness by insisting on going through experiences yourself so you can draw your own conclusions. I think that's unnecessary and it's an indication that you are relying on external factors to confirm 
that you are indeed suitable as a business owner. There's intrinsic motivation, intrinsic inspiration, intrinsic assurance is always superior to to the exterior. The inside is always superior to the outside. Number five, get your pricing right. I cannot count the number of new product owners who have come to the baby cut shop to present their beautiful products to me. And I'm unable to take it on because the price isn't right. In the United Kingdom, you've got to be VAT registered. Uh, Actually, you don't have to be VAT registered until you are turning over a threshold, which I believe is currently £85,000 per annum. This means that at some point, your retail price will suddenly go up by 20%. So you're doing your business and you're growing it. You hit £85,000, your prices suddenly go up by 20% or you take a 20% loss. If you sell goods and services that are VATable, VATable, taxable by VAT, uh, this is something that you want to keep in mind whilst pricing your product before you even get there or while you're pricing your services. You need to consider the benefits of starting as you are now and either pricing your goods with the VAT already inbuilt so that you simply start paying it when the time comes. Or maybe you could do a gradual price increase in preparation for when you hit the threshold. Either way, it's important to know that at some point, if you are planning on growing your business beyond, you know, well into six figures and beyond, then you have to consider the the VAT further down the line, but you do so now. The other common error that I see with new product owners or manufacturers, new manufacturers, uh, is that they initially plan on selling direct to consumer, which is B2C. And then at some point they realize that it makes sense for them to sell it through shops, retail shops. Nothing wrong with either model. However, if you had priced your products to go direct to consumer, chances are the pricing for wholesale is not going to work for most retailers because I need your product to make me money if it's taking up square footage in a space that I'm paying rent for. And so I need to make money, but you also need to make money. (laughs) There's got to be a profit at the end. In a nutshell, consider the pricing right from the beginning and make sure that your pricing aligns with your business model, whether you're going directly to the consumer or or directly to, um, or you're going direct, you're doing B2B, which is from business to, to business. Number six is quality. Because I operate in the luxury space, quality is everything. I once had an item made for a customer. It did not spend one night in his house. It was so poorly made because the craftsman who made it had a different standard to me. That was the day I learned that there are levels in everything we do. Selling quality goods or offering a service to a high standard will help you sleep well at night. 
because your confidence lies in the caliber of what you have sold. You know what you've sold. You know that you've delivered. You will sleep well at night. Not in the fact that the customer simply bought it and you're thinking, you know, we have to come away from only seeing cash as the, uh, or uh, come away from seeing cash as the only type of resource that exists in business. Yes, it's all about cash. Cash is king, but there are other resources that we need. Peace of mind is one that money cannot buy. Okay, because if you've taken someone's money and the product is not up to standard and they're they're unhappy and, you know, they're asking for a refund or they're trashing your company name, you won't sleep well at night. So it's important to make sure that the quality is A-OK from the beginning. It saves you money. It saves you restless nights. And uh, it helps your customers keep coming back. It helps with repeat business. So it is a budget move, even though on the outset, a lot of people associate budget with cheap. You cannot sustain a business with products that are of poor quality. The year before I subscribed to a service. It's an app, a a well-known platform. I subscribed to them uh, because I knew that it was great quality. It was really good. uh, And I loved the content that it's a content platform. I love the content that they were producing. But I, and then I subscribed for, I subscribed, I paid the annual fee because it's often cheaper, right, than doing the monthly pay the annual fee and then promptly forgot about it because I was using an alternative platform and alternative resources. I just didn't have the time to get into that one. And I had paid for the year, but I let it run. And then the time came for it to be renewed. So the annual renewal, which I'd completely forgotten about COVID and everything. I got the notification that said, um, thank you for renewing. And immediately I headed to their website to see if I could cancel it. It literally just been a few seconds, maximum of a minute. And before I could even hit the support button requesting a refund or a cancellation of this subscription that had barely even started, there was a notification on that page in very bold letters. Please note, under no circumstances will we issue a refund if you have started a new a new um, subscription, a new annual subscription, we will not refund you. We will not change it to to um, uh, a monthly and all of that. That really put me off. I didn't bother contacting them, but I made up my mind. I will not be renewed. As a matter of fact, at that point, I cancelled the I cancelled the subscription there and then so that it doesn't renew for the in the in the following year but i was really put off by it and i saw it as a cheap way of making money so yes they got my 2 or 300 pounds there and then i can't remember how much it is probably not that much but they got my money but they're not going to get my money the following year and when i compare that to other platforms that i've subscribed to and made the same mistake or decided I don't want it anymore, they actually offer 
to give me back my money. So it's not a big deal, but it's all about experiences. My experience in that moment was them shutting me down before I even had a chance to say a word and I didn't like it. It left a, a bad taste in my mouth. And so when it comes to running your business or growing your business on a budget, in the long run, it pays to offer a great service and a great product. Don't cut corners by going down the cheap route because it's nice and easy to present beautiful pictures on a website, but then when the customer receives the goods or you overpromise and you underdeliver on your service, you are not getting them back. They're not going to come back to you. Some people will complain. Some people will ask for their money back. And some people will be silent. I had an experience recently and it really made me sad because I wanted to support this small business and I purchased some clothing from them. And looking at the price point, my expectation was, you know, <laughs> I think my expectation matched what I paid for. But then the, the products arrived and I was disappointed in the quality. It looked nothing like it did on the website. And I asked for my money back and they graciously refunded me the money I sent the goods back. So that that ended well. And it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth at all with regards to their integrity and their promise. But it did make me resolve not to order from them again. And with that, we've come to the end of today's episode. We're out of time. But next week, we're going to carry on on what it's like to run a business, to grow a business on a budget and talk more about the mindset of abundance. Please review and share this episode with anyone you know that's starting a business or has just started one on a budget. It's good to share. I'm on social at Tuxa Rotary and I would love to connect with you. All of the links to all the things that I talked about are in the show notes. Till next time. Thank you for listening and remember to leave always from the inside out. Talk to you soon.